0: A ring an endorsement, I guess. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo Teller gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Well, everybody knows your name. Hello, welcome to the Libro cube. Oh, fucking Jesus. Ugh. Hello, I mean, welcome to the LibroCube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the lucky days ago liberal list This is a podcast where sometimes I start and have issues with how the sound looks. That doesn't make sense. But uh, I record. This is a little behind-the-scenes action, as I like to throw in from time to time. Uh, I record in a program called, called? Hmm? called Audacity, which uh, I believe a lot of podcasters use. Uh, free, I should mention. Uh, And you could sort of see the visualization of uh, the recording, and sometimes it looks real, real teeny, the the sound waves, let's call them, uh, and that's because it's really, really quiet. Uh, So I have to turn my microphone up uh, to a recording volume of one. Uh, and see, this is what happens when I turn it down, I'll keep talking, and you'll see that I'm getting quieter and quieter, even though the sound of my voice is actually staying the same, and now I'm going to turn it back up, and turn it back up, and turn it back up, and this is where I keep it. So you see, that's a little, uh, if I mess with that knob, I'm actually talking at the same volume, but it is recording at lesser volumes. How does that work? I don't know why and the thing is if i have it up all the way it picks up uh sounds in the room more which is not something you want um so i i I really if i was at all professional i would i don't know have a better mic that's uh sort of gets rid of those room sounds I don't know what I'm doing, and why am I starting like this? Uh, I feel like this episode's going to be really, really bad. If you're unfamiliar with the show, don't listen to this one. Listen to another one. Yeah, let's, let's just get that right out of the way. Uh, this is a podcast where I host... <laughs> I host... Oh my god. See, another thing professionals probably do is leave these things out. Edit them. Uh, start over. No, I refuse to do so. Listen, I clear my throat Wow, just bad (sighs) Alright, you know what, fuck it Ladies and gentlemen Let's get ready to Rough you something Today's movie monologue sponsor is Quint Sport Fishing Tours. Thank you for that sponsorship. Movie the first, 1922, which is also a year. Ah. A simple yet proud farmer in the year, you guessed it, 1922, conspires to murder his wife for financial gain, convincing his teenage son to participate. For shame. For shame, I will say um played uh, the 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 main father dude played by thomas jane who you may uh, recognize from you know what is he from um i will say i recognized him but in this movie he's like real skinny uh i guess a sign of the 1922 uh living on a farm scraping by to make a living skinny kind of makes sense yeah uh, Deep Blue Sea, Boogie Nights, The Red Line, The Mist. Yeah, I think that's where I uh, probably most remember him from. Uh, good actor, uh, and good in this. Yeah. Uh, this movie is pretty s- screwed up, to avoid saying fucked up. <laughs> Said it anyways. Uh, based on a Stephen King uh, novel, which uh, is sometimes a good sign and sometimes not a good sign. I think just on that note, rating-wise, I'll go like a, a, a pretty good three. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with my rating scale, three is for enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. And uh, and I did have some enjoyment. I um, watched it with my wife, <laughs> so to watch a movie about a man killing his wife with your wife can cause for some uh, comedic moments if your wife is cool and funny, which mine is... Moving on to movie the second uh, called Back Country. Uh, Speaking of the missus, she had already seen this but uh, enjoyed it so much, said, we got to watch this, and uh, we watched it uh, together. So, uh, an urban couple go camping in the woods and find themselves lost in the territory of a predatory black bear. I'm just realizing... Uh, And this is a a spoiler, which I don't think I did my traditional spoiler warning at the top of the show that I always do, except uh, the top of this show was uh, just a horrible piece of trash. So, just off the rails and forgot to do spoiler warning. Come on! Come on! So, uh, a spoiler of this is that uh, the husband is killed by the bear. So, (laughs) I'm just realizing that uh, we watched a movie in which a husband kills a wife, uh, basically followed by a movie where uh, a husband is killed by a bear. So, was it a bit of a revenge from the missus to uh, make me watch this movie? This uh, pretty, pretty crazy movie based on a true story. Uh, Based on a true story... Uh, that took place in Canada, uh, in the same province I'm in. Now, to be fair, I live in Ontario, and Ontario's a huge province. It's, like, bigger than Texas, I do believe, or... It's very, very big. Uh, So we did Google, uh, like, where this took place, just out of a sort of morbid curiosity. How close is this bear? Can it get us? Uh it can't. And plus this was uh, years ago, so it's probably dead by now. Uh it was like five, six, eight hours away, something something pretty far anyways. Uh rating wise, yeah. Uh the whole true story aspect adds some some craziness to it. I go like a four, uh, some some crazy five out of fives. Uh, you know you know what this is a, a good movie uh, a description that I have used in the past. This is a good like sweaty hand movie, like movie where you, you'll you'll fear your hands are sweating just because of the nervousness. <laughs> excuse me of the situation. Oh, you know what. I didn't mean to, but that is a good segue into our next movie, A Quiet Place. Oh. Uh, In a post-apocalyptic world, a family is forced to live in silence while hiding from monsters with ultra-sensitive hearing. Speaking of sweaty hands movies, uh, some serious tense moments in this. Uh, I I think before I even proceed, I could say easy, easy to give this movie a 5 out of 5. No hesitation at all. Uh, and critics and fans alike I think are agreeing it's doing very very well uh, directed by John Krasinski uh, starring him as well from The Office you may remember him uh, sort of a fascinating premise of a horror movie monster uh, flick just in that's these monsters and we never really find out where they come from I don't think do we assume alien-like in nature? I, I guess we kind of do uh, if you make noises, they will kill you. <laughs> Just sort of <clears throat> period, full stop, that's it. Uh, one thing, uh, oh shit. Okay, so we're out of time, so I'll do the last one quick. Uh, Jaws, yes, from 1975. Uh, this is the Mrs's favorite movie, I do believe. Uh, if you've never seen Jaws, there's a girl at my work. Uh, she had never seen it, she had never heard of it. Uh, what is happening to the youth of today? Is what that's all I got to say. Disappointing. Jaws, come on, five out of five. If you haven't seen it, you're an insane person. What are you? You're you're not living your true life. Television talk. Today's television talk sponsor is... Hey, Vsauce, Michael here. Okay, uh, we're going to be talking uh, two quote-unquote television shows, uh, or rather two seasons, uh, seasons one and two of a quote-unquote television show called Minefield. Why am I doing the quote-unquotes? Because Minefield is a uh, uh, YouTube-created content... Online-only streaming television show. Yeah, we'll still call it a television show, won't we? Like, this could easily be on TV and you just say, oh, yeah, let's watch that TV show, uh, Minefield starring Michael, who you may remember from uh, a little uh, a web series thing called uh, uh, Vsauce. Yes, that Michael. What the hell is Michael's last name? <laughs> Michael. Michael. I'm looking on the... Uh, Michael Stevens. Michael Stevens. Ah, yeah, it's one of the two first names. Well, I I guess, is anyone named Stevens? People are named Steven. Anyways, we're not here to talk about names. Uh, We're here to talk about this uh, amazing uh, just series of uh, scientific delving into sort of crazy depth. Delving into crazy depth. uh, Various subjects from a seemingly sometimes reckless uh vantage point of someone who just wants to dig into things and know what makes things tick which explains michael very very much so i think out of any i'd almost go like any human living today no one wants to delve into subjects and really find out what makes them work uh, to the degree of Michael Stevens, and and that's a, a, a I'm considering this a, a very very high compliment. He's just an incredible person, uh, fascinating just in general. His his love of knowledge and what lengths he will go to get this knowledge uh, is just incredible, uh, even from Vsauce. But in this, he really really. He throws himself into this to sometimes what you could sort of consider crazy degrees. Like there was one uh, where he uh, was studying isolation. So they sort of put him in a isolation box cell. I don't know what you call it. uh, Where basically the lights were on all the time. There was no clocks. And there has been experiments like this in the past where people are put in a room no one to talk to, nothing to do. Uh, lights always on, no clocks. And, and that's sort of the freaky thing. Uh, just being in a room long enough without a clock starts to do things to people's brains. And he came out like sort of weirded out uh, uh, weird by the experiment. Like, like, they sort of consider this experiment cruel and unusual, I guess. Uh, So that one's sort of fascinating. Uh, He went to the length of going to the Amazon and taking ayahuasca, which if you don't know anything of ayahuasca, uh, really sort of delve deep into that because it's a fascinating sort of mind-altering, brain-exploding DMT, uh, god-experience, quote-unquote, drug. Uh, you could you could go down easily an ayahuasca rabbit hole on YouTube, uh, and I suggest starting with this uh, episode. Oh, you know what? This sort of reminds me that this is a YouTube Red, which means you have to pay for YouTube Red. It's a monthly service. Uh, I was doing it for the reason that I found the uh, ads on YouTube were becoming such that I was like, oh god, this is... This is ridiculous how many ads I'm watching, because I will throughout the course of the week almost watch nothing but YouTube. Uh, so I was spending great sort of swaths of my life either watching ads or hitting the skip ad button, uh, and and I gotta say, I don't know if I can go back, and I think that's how they've got me. Anyways, we're not here to talk about that, That's more of an internet intercourse talk uh we've got uh, how to make a hero your brain on tech interrogation that one was interesting uh, and and it didn't really delve into the tortury aspects of interrogation just more the sort of uh, messing with your mind uh, isolation discretion artificial intelligence freedom of choice touch in your face do you know yourself the greater good uh, the brain on tech how to make a hero power suggestion virgin mind to the electric brain Book banter. today's book banter sponsor is section 31 brand moist Talettes. thank you for that sponsorship okay uh if you listen to last episode you know i am reading uh a series kind of sort of kind of sort of uh of books uh, revolving around the existence of a shadow organization that uh, works under the, the no one's direct supervision uh, within the Federation, within Starfleet. Uh, this is, of course, taking in the Star Trek universe. Uh, so, uh, the, the first one I read was Aboard the Enterprise with uh, Captain Kirk. This one is aboard another Enterprise with Captain Picard, uh, and the next one, uh, will be DS9, and the one after that is Voyager, um, uh, there is other books in the series, but, uh, my plan is just to read those four. Okay, so, uh, uh, this one is by Andy, um, Mangels, Mangels, M-A-N-G-E-L-S, and also, Michael A. Martin, with a nice, easy-to-pronounce name. (laughs) Uh, Let me do rating-wise before I proceed, because otherwise I forget. Oh, like I did with Minefield. Minefield, Season 1 and 2, easy, easy for me to give those 5 out of 5. This, ooh, can I go 5? No, I think I can go 4, maybe 3-ish, but probably 4-ish. Yeah, convoluted rating, as I like. Okay, let's read the good reads, and uh, it'll give you a little idea what this one is about. Um, there are. <laughs> there. Oh, wow. I've read the first word of it wrong, which is not a good sign. They are the self appointed protectors of the Federation, amoral, shrouded in secrecy, answerable to no one. Section 31 is the mysterious covert operations division of Starfleet, a rogue shadow group committed to safeguarding the Federation at any cost. Six months before their ultimate battle began against the Borg for the fate of Earth, Captain Jean-Luc Picard and the crew of the USS... Enterprise face a very different kind of crisis. A world in turmoil becomes the focal point of conspiracies and betrayal, as an unexpected reunion brings with it startering, startering Reverations. <laughs> startering Reverations may be the title of this episode. Startering Reverations. Startling Revelations. Old friends become bitter enemies and one young officer reaches a crossroad where he's forced to choose between the greater good of the Federation and the ideals for which it stands. Mm. Hmm. That doesn't sound too interesting, maybe a little bit, but what is interesting is this uh, planet that the Enterprise finds itself at uh, is one where... Uh, One side is always facing the Sun and one side is obviously not facing the Sun. So the inhabitants of the world have to live sort of around that band where it's not too hot and not too cold, which is kind of a cool idea. Uh, And and also they're giant. They're like uh, uh, like eight nine feet tall and super super strong because the planet's big, so there's a strong gravity. Uh, So so that's kind of cool. Uh, And then on this planet there exists two factions. Uh, The Enterprise is there because uh, it's sort of a, 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 at first a diplomatic kind of war, I guess you would say, between uh, which which group this planet is going to join. Is it going to join the Federation or is it going to become a member of the Romulan Star Empire? Uh, and then they're going to have sort of a vote on the planet to decide which uh, which are going to happen. Uh, and then there's sort of like, because it's more diplomatic, at least at first. Obviously it ends in fighting eventually. Uh, <laughs> at least at first it's a little more uh, diplomatic, spy, coverty. But then we learn uh, that within this region of space... Oh yeah, that was the other sort of cool, interesting idea. Uh, for some reason, this region of space... Uh, is like totally empty of everything it's just like a vast expanse of nothing with the exception of this one planet so it sort of uh didn't make sense that the romulans were interested in it really or even that the federation is the federation you know obviously they're they're more just for the fact that they want to be nice i guess uh, and have this uh, people join them because they feel uh you know nice towards people. As I say at the end of every podcast, it's nice to be nice to the nice. Uh, Whereas the Romulans sort of, for the most part, seemingly anyways, in all books, TV, and (laughs) representations of them need an ulterior motive uh, for whatever they do. Uh, So it's kind of strange that they want it. Anyways, um, yeah, we're out of time. So, it's a good book. Yeah, I I liked it. And I've liked the series so far. It's interesting... It's a little different perspective. Game Gavin. Today's game Gavin sponsor is Kona Cryogenics Laboratory. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, doing some, uh, Steam cleanup, as I will call it, uh, and by that I mean bought a bunch of games on the Steam Summer Sale, so went back, excuse me, and started playing games from, I think, last Steam Summer Sale, possibly, uh, just because, uh, I, I don't want to be one of those, those people, and I am, <laughs> this is before I finish saying the sentence. I don't want to be one of those people, but I am. Ah, oh, shit, I realized I just closed the window that had what I wanted the title to be, and now I don't remember what it is, so... Okay. Uh, uh, I, I suppose I could look back, or listen back, to the podcast, but that's not something I do. Uh, anyways, so uh, I, I've gone back and started working through games that... Uh, haven't played yet from previous Steam summer sales, because uh, I don't want to be that person that has a shit ton of Steam games that they've never played, even though I am that person. Okay, uh, so uh, game of the first is Callie's Caves 3. Having not played Callie's Caves 1 or 2, I was a little hesitant. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you're fine. Basically... It's, uh, story-wise, all you're gonna miss, uh, and, and it's funny because they do make it pretty obvious that, uh, these games start with Callie's parents being kidnapped, uh, in a sort of, and, and they sort of treat it like a, uh, a Bowser stealing the princess, like, ah, oh, this again? <sighs> Jesus, I wish this, this thing would stop stealing the princess. It's getting pretty ridiculous after the, but the, the dozenth time... Uh, so they sort of treat it like that, which I found amusing, especially not having played the first two. Um, so how do you explain Callie's Caves? You are going through a series of tunnels. Uh, this is a rogue-like, meaning when you die, you sort of start at the beginning. Um, and you can level your guns. You're picking up coins to pay for the leveling of those guns. So each time you po- po- progress... 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 Uh, you're going to have stronger and stronger things which seemingly should mean that you uh, can make it farther the next time and then come back with more guns so uh, I I do enjoy a roguelike there's good ones and there's bad ones and I will say this is a good one it's a fun one Uh, I did have fun uh, leveling up my gun because they do get pretty cool Uh, like I had one with like heat-seeking missile launchers by the end so uh, so that was pretty fun Uh, Rating-wise, the only reason I would give it a 3, which is enjoyed while playing but wouldn't play again, is because uh, I don't know if I would ever reinstall this and play it again. So my rating will be 3 with some 4 times. 3 with some 4 times is the rating I'm giving it. Okay, moving on to uh, one more dungeon. Uh, Yeah, this is interesting. So you're in a dungeon... Uh, it's first person, uh, it's 3D, but like uh, the bad guys and like the walls and the stuff within the world is only 2D, so it gives it a sort of very strange look to it, but uh, but fun and interesting, and, and not like a lot of things you see. Uh, so I had some fun, I think I'd go like a 3 with this as well, like uh, I can't see myself dusting this off again. Sorry, one more dungeon, but uh, it was fun and definitely uh, cool to behold. Uh, Last but not least, in fact, most, Kona. Ah, Taking place in northern Canada during the 1970s, Kona is a surreal first-person adventure that tells the story of Carl Faubart, a private detective who finds himself trapped in a powerful and mysterious snowstorm. Sounds interesting. Also, I'm in Canada, so, you know, it's got added interest there. Uh, Very, very strange, uh, and the strangeness sort of creeps up on you, like it starts sort of seeming like, like a, a, a normal, I guess, uh, murder mystery, and then things just sort of very slowly, uh, not exponentially, sort of trickle into the, the, the what the hell is going on, until eventually uh, it, it, it's just like totally off the rails bonkers uh, <laughs> in terms of what happens, <clears throat> which I love. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, yeah, uh, story was was really good. Gameplay was fun. Uh, you got to watch out for uh, three things: your health, you know, big deal. That's in every game. Watching out for your health. Uh, you got to watch out for your your cold meter. Uh, if you stay out in the cold too long, obviously it's not going to be good for you. Hey, this is Canada in a winter. Don't stay out in the cold too long. Uh, and then lastly, your uh, I think they call it comfort. But uh, in other games, you would call it like your sanity meter. So you you got to watch out for all all three of those things. Uh, rating wise, geez, I go like a four or five. I really enjoyed this. Uh, this this type of game. Uh, what does it remind me of? Like that Eden Fitch one a bit. Uh, there was what was it like Alan Wake or something? I don't know. I I do like this kind of game, and it's. Like I've like, uh, mentioned this a million times but I play video games while watching movies or TV um, some games like this that are very story heaven I'll, I'll just focus on the game and that sort of really pulls me in like this one did so I, I definitely recommend Kona uh, and I, I think it's not that much on Steam either uh, I got it during the sale of course but uh, still yeah but still Internet's integral sponsor is the Crittenden voice demodulation device patent pending. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, finally, and I gotta tell you, it's not easy, got my hands on Harmon Quest Season 2. Uh, yeah, I, I guess the fact that uh, this uh, premiered on CISO and CISO no longer exists. Uh, means that finding it is not easy. In fact, uh, there was two episodes uh, that I couldn't get. So it's a good thing that at the beginning of every episode, they do a recap. That's the only reason I thought, uh, uh, yeah, even without these two episodes, uh, I can consider it somewhat watched, mostly watched. <sighs> it's too bad, too, because this is really so far up my alley. It's, it's just ridiculous. If you're unfamiliar with Harmon Quest, uh, the, the podcast Harmontown, uh, they play Dungeons and Dragons on that podcast. They spun that off into its own thing where uh, they would play uh, D&D. Uh, the DM was Spencer Crittenden, of course. And, and then they would turn those sessions into sort of an animated uh, story. And just uh, incredible... How they did this. Uh, and and just sort of a fascinating turning playing a game. Into a s- story that was you know it's D&D. So it was basically improv. Uh, and then animating that. Uh, and, and how amazing and crazy and, and beautiful it uh, became. So uh, really really easy for me. Uh, I know I spoke of season 1. And no doubt gave it a 5 out of 5. Uh, and now with season 2 I can also give a Five out of five, thank you for that. Uh, you know what? I don't think I really I won't really get into too much details other than to say the story sort of continues. They have a, a guest come in every episode this season. They had Gillian Jacobs, Roy Scoville, um, Parna Nanchara, Paul Shear, Patton Oswalt, Janet Varney, little Janet Varney, Jason Manzukas. Uh, that one was interesting because he'd never played before. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen, Rob Corddry, Kumail Nanjiani, and that's it. That's it. Ten episodes. Highly recommend. Okay, so um, Elizabeth Olsen, Jennifer uh Parnana Charna, and Gillian Jacobs. All girls. Right? So, uh, my question to you is, how does one find girls who want to play D &D? and (sighs) D I uh, am uh, in my D and D campaign in which I am uh, DMing uh, which comes up from time to time on this podcast. In fact, sometimes I devote entire segments to uh, I'm uh, as of yesterday. In fact, I lost one of my players uh, moving away uh, probably number one reason, uh, mixed with new house and new baby, all combined to mean he uh, just didn't have the time to play. Uh, I'm, I'm still playing in one that he's running, so it's not like I'm never going to see him again. Uh, anyways, uh, I don't know why I bring that up. Well, I do, because uh, I wanted to find a new player to uh, uh, try to fill in for that loss. Uh, but my my goal was to, if at all humanly possible, to find a girl to join our uh, campaign. And I gotta say, uh, zero success. <laughs> Asked, uh, geez, uh, probably like a dozen. Uh, posted, on also probably like a dozen sites, uh, and just zero success. Uh, I you know I I guess there's that sort of uh, nerds. Nerds are guys, thing, but I, I thought we were over that a bit. I, I thought nerd girls were much more prevalent in today's society, let's say. But uh, it's just impossible. Well, not impossible, because it does happen. I have. The, the first DD I ever sort of watched uh, or listened to was something called I Hit It With My Axe, which was all girls playing. Uh, and the reason, uh, the other reason I sort of wanted a girl playing is because every podcast that I listen to uh, of a and d variety that has at least one girl uh, playing is just better. It's just they add a different layer that you don't get with just a bunch of dudes sort of sitting around. And it's a layer that I want in my games because uh, I try not to run just a, a, from going from fight to fight to fight to fight. I like to add... Uh, uh, Roleplay and story to it more, and uh, I don't know. If anyone out there listening to this knows how to find a girl to play TND, please let me know. Oh shit, it's nice to be done nice to the nice. And, done. and I mean done. Done and done. <laughs> I like Ron. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening